Hey, all you Holly weirdos. Welcome to our post-mortem minisode with Graveseekers Paranormal, Gloria and Sherry. Join us in our roundtable discussion as we go over our investigation at the Los Angeles Police Museum during the 24th anniversary of the North Hollywood shootout. Definitely don't want to miss out on the EVPs that we had collected, our finds, and also, you're never going to believe this, the EVP that we collected while conducting this interview with Sherry and Gloria at Sherry's home, you do not want to miss out on the story behind this EVP. It just turns out that we collected an EVP while talking about EVPs. So gather your salt lamps, your crystals, and make sure that they're charged as we sit down with Grave Seekers Paranormal for our postmortem of the Los Angeles Police Museum investigation. Hey friends, welcome to episode 77 of our post-mortem minisode with Graveseekers Paranormal. In order to get you all caught up with the investigation at the Los Angeles Police Museum, we highly recommend that you go back to listen to episodes 75 through 76, parts 1 through 2 of our investigation at the museum. And with that said, let's get Holly Weird with Graveseekers Paranormal. My name is Sherry, and I have been investigating for about 15 years with my friend here, Gloria. So I'm Gloria, and Sherry and I, yeah, have um, have been doing this for about 15 years, and um, we have named our little group, which is Sherry and I. <laughs> uh, we're called Grave Secrets Paranormal, and um, yeah, we kind of, we do this mostly in the western part of the country, in Arizona, and California, and Nevada. Um and as far as, you want to know how we got involved in it? Yeah, sure. You know, as a kid, I always hung out in cemeteries. And <laughs> so many people that I know who are paranormal investigators had that affinity for some reason. Yeah. You were attracted to cemeteries, especially the ones, I grew up in New England, so there were a lot of the old, you know, 17, 16, 17, 1800s. I loved those. I loved reading the tombstones and learning about the people. So for me, this was just a natural transition. And then I met Sherry and found out she has the same interest as me in cemeteries, cemeteries and serial killers and, <laughs> and, you know, all things dark that nobody wants to talk about. Right. So, <laughs> yeah. So anyway, that's, that's uh, how we got together. I don't remember how we started talking about it. But anyway, we... I, I um, think we were... We, Ghost Hunters came on. And it was like this... There was a need for this show, but nobody knew it. Mm-hmm. And when it came yeah. on, it was so fascinating. And um, there was another show on that I'm not going to name, but it was, they showed, well, because I don't, I don't believe in them, um, but they showed something that was so fascinating to me was, and it was an apparition walking across the back of the room. And we were all mesmerized where, where I was, you know, watching it. I mean, it was like, did I just see what I saw? 
And so, <clears throat> and I do believe Gloria had, had seen it too. Mm-hmm. And so we were just fa- fascinated about it. And, and so we were also fascinated with Tombstone because we just love Tombstone. Mm-hmm. It's this old Western town that is just, you know, it's just everything about it we liked. And one night we were going by, we, we had started going on vacation probably a couple of years before that together. And we were walking by the Birdcage Theater, and we knew we were going to go in later. And written right there, a paper in the window said, Nightly Ghost Tours. We almost swallowed our tongues. <laughs> so we run in there, we sign up, and then we ran down to Target and bought our first little recorder. And we were so excited. It was wonderful. It was, it was a bunch of people before us. It was two different... Um, uh, um, I don't know what was it. It was maybe maybe two or different times that we could go. And we 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 went to do the, the second one, and there wasn't anybody else but us, and and the woman who we got very close to, and it was it was we didn't get a bunch of stuff, but it was exciting to do it and and to have um, all this old, and you knew there was at least twenty six ghosts there. And that was our first experience. I mean, I don't remember getting anything. We did get some orbs on a camera but um we've been back many many times and that place is so very haunted that you know the the okay corral and all those places because of all you know the the violence that went on there yeah we were fortunate to be able to do the okay corral because it's not open for investigations oh wow Mm -hmm. so we were so fortunate to be able to do it and got some great stuff there and to this day i think that's that's the number one on my list mm-hmm. of all the way that we've done. I love that investigation. Because mm-hmm. yes. it was the Old West. I love the history mm-hmm. of the Old West mm-hmm. as well. It's got a lot I of mean, history. When you, hear, when you hear boots walking and nobody's there. Yeah. And it, it's, it was very, very... Um, hence to so many things. Oh, and, it's, and it's, we, it still holds our fascination today. I mean, we, we've gotten other, done, other things, and it's not, uh, as, to me, as exciting as the first times that we, that mm-hmm. we did that. And, mm-hmm. and it's just everything about about Tombstone is just Old West and paranormal investigation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, I don't know, it's, we've gotten some, you know, met some people there that are been, you know, helped us. It's like, we you know, that investigation that we went on that was only for us. And the guy, you know, allowed us to be there longer than, you know, we thought we would, would be. And it yeah. was, it was good stuff. So, and the bad thing was, is, is they had an S-box. Mm-hmm. You know how noisy they are. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> and so we could hear what was going on in, inside, and we heard boots walking, and you could hear maybe uh, kind of boots walking, but you also heard all that noise from the, the S-box. Mm-hmm. So that was the only bad part about that. But we witnessed some stuff that mm-hmm. was, was great. Yeah, I mean, it was, I mean, to, to, you know, have lights go on, and you hear walking, and you first hear it on the gravel, then you hear it on the sidewalk. Then it walks up into this this gallery that was a wooden floor. Wow. Oh yeah, it was it was very 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 amazing, kind of scary, mm-hmm. and um, feeling the cold air rush between Gloria and I. Yeah, it was it was. When you know something's there, oh, you're just trying to make yeah. communication. Absolutely. absolutely, and you know we we haven't really been except because of COVID. Right. So we did go last year to uh, Santa Maria, and um, it was it was kind of neat. It was not a uh, um, big, huge, you know, anything presenting itself. Except I got my 
my pillow got fluffed for me. (laughs) (laughs) And I could smell cigar smoke really, really strong Mm -hmm. in there. And Gloria didn't. No. I sleep through everything and can't smell anything. Really? Wow. I sleep through everything. Mm -hmm. Wow. I could sleep through a lot of things, but I smell, and at times I think Mm -hmm. I could taste too, which is interesting. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. The gustins. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Wow. So speaking of these amazing things that you've come across in your investigations, I had invited you to do an investigation with me at the LAPD Museum. What was your, what were your thoughts? What were the things going in your mind as you're crossing the threshold into that building? Well, for me, for, in the first place, I kept thinking how many people would give their right arm to be here on the anniversary of this, mm-hmm. well, this horrible happening, but mm-hmm. to be lucky enough to be able to be there for that was was phenomenal. But, you know, I'd heard the stories about the museum. I'm, I always walk into things sort of semi-skeptical, and I wait to, to really get a feel for the place or see what we can get before I make any decisions about it. And when I walked in, I'd been there before just on a tour, so I was sort of familiar with it. But when I walked in, it's just like you're enveloped. Mm-hmm. You're just enveloped by history. The minute you walk in the door, I didn't, you know, feel anything. I'm not a psychic or a mm-hmm. medium, so I don't feel that kind of thing. But I do have to say, when we walked into the room where the shootout exhibit is, I didn't mention it to you or anyone else. I mentioned it to Sherry that when we first walked in, we were setting up and um, we did the first session. I my heart started to race so fast and I was starting to get such a headache. And this never happens to me. Like I said, I don't have those kinds of feelings. Maybe I do and I don't realize it, I don't know. But I really wanted to walk out, but I didn't want to disturb what was going on. So I stood there. But that was a very unusual for me and um, kind of made me think, oh boy, you know, what could be coming up? Yeah, that's what I felt too. You got the same feeling. I yeah, and I told Misha I was like, it was what was really crazy is that we were coming from the SLA exhibit, and I see this room. I didn't see the mannequins, mm-hmm. and it was dimly lit, mm-hmm. and I was like, whoa, like something's like in my heart, my chest, and wow. then my my palms are getting really sweaty. Like I'm like feeling very anxious, and then Misha turns on the lights, and, and I turn, and I'm like, wow, <laughs> it makes so much sense. But I'm so glad you said that. Yeah. That's exactly what I felt too. And yeah. I'm I'm not the type to like I feel no. I'm more like I'm gonna I'm gonna record that in my mind and just see whatever whatever people feel. But Yeah, I usually say yeah. it later to mm-hmm. see if there's any corroboration from anybody else. Yeah. I don't really bring it up when I'm standing there. But that was really unusual. Very odd. Yeah. <laughs> I thought, God don't let me hit the floor. <laughs> <laughs> What about you, Sherry? What did you get? Well, when I first walked into the whole building, mm-hmm. I got this kind of an oppressed feeling. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a terrible, but it was just kind of, kind of, I don't know, it was just, and, and I guess maybe it is, it's it's all the, the, the drama and the the horrible stuff that went on. You know, it's a police, it's a police station. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, the whatever might be there. But, I mean, I quickly shook it off because I, you know, it's a police station. So, when we got up there and because um, when we were sitting in that room first, when we were first talking, and and I still felt felt that, and I, I felt enclosed in that room because it was so tall, but close. I, I, I don't know what it was. I think it was just the anticipation of what we were going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but when we got up in there, 
and I knew, I knew I had been there, we'd been there years before to see the exhibit, and I'm not so sure that that was the same exhibit as that, I don't know if that's always been the exhibit or if it was someplace else and, and then they put it in that room. I don't know. But when I walked in and I looked in there and I saw myself in the reflection of the glass, I just about came out of my skin because it was me. And I knew <laughs> because I could see them. Yeah. I could see, you know, the, just dimly I could see them. But I scared myself. Because I mean, I knew what to expect, but I, but it still, it scared me. Mm-hmm. I mean, because I just thought of my, to myself, can you imagine that coming at you at night? Those two figures, yeah, how scary that was. And I mean, the, of course, that's what they wanted. You know, the, the factor of you know the scare factor. You know, you wanted to be they, they were bigger than than life. Mm-hmm. But that's what I felt. And then I calmed down and realized that it was me I was seeing in, in the thing that was moving. But it was um, an, an excitement. You know, I wanted, I, I wanted to really get in there and do what we were supposed to do. And that was, you know, to get them to the reactions. And we did. What did you guys um, come up with in your investigations uh, with me and Matt and Misha and the rest? Well, I sat and listened to my, to my recordings. And I had that going for about, about uh, a little over two hours. And I never turned it off. And I got some EVPs. I don't know who they were from, um, but to have um, somebody, when Matt was talking to um, whoever he was talking to, I think he was talking to Amy L. about Gold's Gym and bodybuilding. And he asked him if, you know, you must have been able to, to bench press 300. And he says, ma'am, maybe you were on roids meaning steroids mm-hmm. and then you hear no on on my recording and um and you know different things and it was it was the um what was more imp- impressive to me was the room that we were in we brought in um a, a I don't know what kind of papers other than his his pink slip and his naturalization papers for Emil and uh, a few other things that belonged to him in a, in a uh, briefcase that we left there as a trigger object. And we sat a uh, REM pod on top of it and to see if they would go near it. And well, they didn't while we were in the room. And when we, we decided to go out of the room and let them have, have at it if they were going to um, at that time, go out of the room, shut the door, and we went out and we, we took a break. And so we had um, the papers, when I, when I was listening to my, my recorder, the papers, I could hear shuffling. You could hear us out in the room, you know, on, with the door closed, and you could hear papers shuffling, like going through the, the, the suitcase, the, the little yeah. uh, briefcase. When the, um, I tried the REM pod on top of papers, and moving it around, and it didn't go off. You could hear the, the papers were shuffling, and it did not go off because it was down at the bottom. So I'm thinking it was entirely possible to go through the papers and not have that REM pod go off. <clears throat> but you could hear it going off, um, shuffling off, shuffling around, and I could hear knocks and things moving. And I, to me, I definitely feel it was within the room because yeah. you could still hear the muffled outside. 
We were all, I remember mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. And I remember at one point when we were doing that amazing method, uh, your, uh, the flashlights, mm-hmm. people were seeing shadows mm-hmm. and, um, yeah. I and can't the- remember who saw one specifically, but, um, I think Matt even felt like I have a picture of him, of him turning, like something was behind him at yes. one point. Yes, so. I do. And, and, um, I remember hearing a knock in there that was behind him. Yes. And that's when he, mm-hmm. that's when he turned. Like, I felt like it was yeah. like moving around mm-hmm. behind us, mm-hmm. whatever was there. There was also that, there's that security light inside the case itself mm-hmm. where the mannequins are. And the flashlights were, of course, outside the case. But many, many times when that, secu- when that security light goes off, it means that there is movement. Inside, yeah. Inside the that case. That would yeah. corroborate with many times an answer from the flashlight. So that light would go off like there was movement inside the case where the mannequins were, and then you get the response with the flashlight. Mm-hmm. That was really interesting to watch. Didn't happen every time, but I would say the majority of time it did. Mm-hmm. I have never been in a situation where people use the flashlight method, so it mm-hmm. was really, really refreshing to see that. Um, is that a method that you guys use on a lot of your investigations? We do, and you know, we feel that sometimes the simplest is the best. I mean, yes. the SLS, sorry, the SLS camera and all the other toys that are out there are great, and I think that they can add a lot to uh, collecting in, uh, evidence, but sometimes the simplest is the best. And it's what we started with. It's what we started with, and it's what we use now, and, we, and typically that is where we get the best responses. It may be the easiest way to respond mm-hmm. for the spirits. I don't know. I don't think anybody knows, but, um, but yeah, that is one uh, of our favorite. It was very, very impressive because in our first investigation, we didn't get any, any sort of like uh, indication from our devices. At one point, like my EDI, you know, changed the temperature dramatically, went to 666 when we were talking about cool. Larry. It was a little coincidences, movement outside of the exhibit, things turning off and on. But that flashlight method, I felt like that was their jam. Like they really yeah. felt that that was the way to communicate with you guys. I love your approach. Um, you're not antagonizing. Mm-hmm. We had a first group uh, that I entered with. Um, they were a little antagonizing. And I feel like people come in there with a lot of anger and biases, of course, of what they did almost 24 years mm-hmm. ago. And you guys were so calm and gentle. Um, well, I've always said, and I've said this to Sherry, if someone was to go into, a, say, my old childhood home mm-hmm. and was to investigate, someone said it was haunted, would I want them yelling mm-hmm. at my father like that? No. Demanding that no, he No, I wouldn't speak. want that. So yeah. we kind of treat every investigation like that. These were people. No matter what they did, you know, they're still people, and they're going to respond based on how you present yourself. Mm-hmm. So we are, we tend to be very low-key and very respectful. Uh, no name-calling, none of that. Right. And you get responses that A way. testament to that, mm-hmm. yes. You, you, We all saw the responses. Mm-hmm. We all did. Mm-hmm. It was very, it was brilliant. Um, do you feel that the room, and I noticed this was with one of the individuals there, that it, can make one feel very angry. Did you notice that by any chance? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Was that abnormal for that person? Yeah, I've never seen that 
specific person like react that way really like they're very gentle <laughs> I remember saying to Sherry wow I didn't expect that to come out like that yeah that me really too uh yeah and I noticed in our first investigation that another investigator uh Caleb like he was really on a roll at one point mm. and then that's when we get an EVP that says let's go and I, I don't know if it's them saying we're done like right, right. you know like we're right. done we're over this like if you're gonna talk to us like this in our space then we're done yeah so um I don't know if you guys felt like maybe you know that room can make a person angry and intensify a situation I think if you're sensitive yeah I think that all the negativity that these guys carried can really probably affect you mm-hmm. yeah. you, ha- you have a chance to let them know how you feel and how everybody felt that day and you you feel like you're going one-on-one with them now and you're going to let them know that's mm-hmm. that's what I felt that it was my it was their chance to say what they were saying and but I would never I mean it's like I say it's still respectful they're still human beings no matter what they've done and you get more flies with honey than you do vinegar so I mean and, and even no matter how you feel about them it's it's something you you need to be polite you need to it's not a dog and pony show you know demanding them to come out and perform mm-hmm. and <clears throat> we've always had pretty good responses yeah. when you know with just being polite and, and also when investigating the history of the place or of the person <clears throat> and trying to get more personal information mm-hmm. that you can bring out so that there's some level of connection there Mm-hmm. You know, with the person, like with, with Larry, I brought up him sitting next to that trailer with his father, and he was holding a little dog, and I brought that up. Now, we didn't get a response to that, but did that pave the way to future responses that did come through? But you know what? Someone said something just as you said that, and so that's why we didn't get a response, because it was went on to something else real quick. Mm-hmm. So I think we, had we, you know, explored that a little more, we might have. Maybe. Yeah, mm-hmm. Maybe. Um, speaking of responses, we performed the SS method. I've mm. never done the SS method before. <clears throat> mm-hmm. I was really excited to be uh, to volunteer as tribute. Mm-hmm. Um, and I listened to the footage or the audio of it. Mm-hmm. And mind you, um, when you're performing the SS method, guys, like you can't hear anything because you have to wear noise canceling headphones and you need to wear a, a blindfold because it's supposed to like, um, be just you listening to the SB7 box. And you're not supposed to read anyone's lips when and they're... sensory deprivation. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. And it's supposed to also cut any group bias when it comes to using the S-Box 7, which I have seen in other investigations. Like, people would say, oh, did you hear that? You know, and people are like, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, I did. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what, what were a lot of the questions that you remembered um, that you were so shocked to get some of the answers Hmm. I think I think mainly is when they said who are we talking to and he said Larry. Yes. That was a shock. I mean to I mean it was just so Larry. Mm-hmm. And um I think he said it twice if, if I'm not mis- mistaken. Can you remember? You know, I had all those notes at home. I okay. didn't bring them. It's okay. <clears throat> but um but I do remember towards the end of the session when it seemed like they or or whoever was speaking through you had just had it. And was done mm-hmm. and was saying things. I mean, I'll just sort of paraphrase, was saying things like, you know, I'm gone, I'm done. Mm-hmm. I'm you know, that kind of thing you were saying. And it was like, this is an end to this session. And it was really at that point, shortly after that, well, I don't think you were getting anything. It was like they kind of went, I'm done. 
I got mm-hmm. like three, I got three um, feelings. Like in the very beginning, it was like testing the waters. Um, I got like a very strong presence of I'm going to talk and I'm going to be in control of this. And then the second was um, kind of like, I didn't feel like it was any one of them. I felt like there was a different presence there. Mm-hmm. I don't know from what I heard back on the on the audio, I don't know if that was connected to Misha because at one point I get Misha's name. Mm-hmm. and um, Which is not a common name for that no, to come out of nowhere. Yeah, that, that, that was another shock. That I was like, whoa, okay, I don't know what they're asking, but it said Misha and market, and um, it, like I, uh, it's hard, I think. And then when I reviewed the audio, it was hard. I guess what you all thought was it was hard to protect her, whatever mm-hmm. was around her in her office. It's hard to protect her, so um, there was like this. I felt like at times this other presence trying to come yeah. through with that. Yeah. And I felt maybe Emil was trying to come through too, like trying to talk. Mm-hmm. But those were the three feelings that I definitely got was control this other presence and this other, um, I guess, Emil trying to like communicate. But he yeah. was just like yeah, very cautious. Well, it seemed yeah. like they were sort of reliving the crime at, so- at a certain point. Yes. Too. Oh, my God. Which, yeah. you know, for me, I would think, oh, they're reliving it because it's horrifying to them. And then when you think about it, it's like, no, it's something to brag about. Mm-hmm. You know, they're and not they probably do it every night. Yes, I remember listening mm-hmm. to the audio uh, at night we walk. Yes. Yes. We walk. And I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> that, that is eerie. Yeah. That, that is so is, eerie. That is eerie. I mean, to say that, I mean, it's, just in those terms yeah and you can see and then they said that they could only be on that floor which is very interesting yes because people have heard footsteps on the second floor and staircase and so i feel that and i think gloria did too that it's the police officers that are holding them in check yeah you may walk but you're only going to stay here you're not coming downstairs you're not going to go anyplace else i mean there could be any number of of entities in Mm -hmm. that in that museum like we were talking about with all the historical artifacts mm-hmm. there could be any mm-hmm. number um of entities there which makes it even more interesting to try to figure out who's who mm-hmm. but i think um another thing that was was uh surprising was when they were they were talking about they kept saying the other guy the other guy and we didn't understand what he what they meant because he would not let emil talk Mm-hmm. And it was almost like he was, you know, I'm the spokesperson here. Yeah. And so he would always talk, and then they talk about the other guy. Well, now I feel the other guy was Gus. Tell me who me, was Gus. That was the amazing thing when they it came through, um, and they were they, and he was saying the other guy, the other guy, and then suddenly he somebody or the other guy said Simon says, and Misha, and it took her a bit to really realize what was said because you had said, and I don't remember if that was before or after you said Misha, but all of a sudden she said, oh my gosh, my boyfriend, he used to say that, Simon says. Mm -hmm. And of course that's what they do to get your attention. You know, say something so off the wall that only you would know. And that's when he said, we found out, because we had asked if, because she felt a presence. She works there. She felt a presence behind her in her chair at her desk. And she thought it was Larry. And that he was looming over her. Well, now we find out it's Gus, her her boyfriend who passed away. Mm-hmm. He's the one protecting her. And she didn't know that. 
but she does now. And that to me was so, was so satisfying to hear that. It made me feel so good for her to find that out because she was, she seemed genuinely unsettled about Larry mm-hmm. hanging around her desk. So this, this to me, I, I felt this it was his opportunity to come through and he was the other guy they talked about. And she said, Gus, and I just, I just felt it, 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 did a lot for her. It helped her. Um, I know it did me to hear that. So yeah. to find out that it wasn't him hanging over her, Larry, it was Gus it was protecting Gus. her. Okay. Yeah. That's what I didn't, mm-hmm. I didn't piece together then. I kept on thinking Gus was another one, maybe of Emil and Larry's uh, friend or something, no. <laughs> but Gus was her because, ex-boyfriend. Because we also thought when they were talking, because they, they said throughout um, the whole thing, the other guy. Mm-hmm. he was they say the other guy and that's what i kept we, on getting this guy yeah like this guy it yeah. was the way the male voice was like this guy you know and i think it's because he's stepping on our toes we're on stage right now we don't want this guy here i felt yeah. that he, they didn't want him there but i to know that that's who that was and that they were talking about him all along and and he just wasn't forceful enough to finally come through but then said simon says mm-hmm. for her to pick up on i thought that was amazing yeah, that I I got so much yeah. like so many goosebumps when it went straight to to that section of the method and to say Misha mm-hmm. like yeah. we said that is not Susan you know or Pam yeah. mm-hmm. but you Misha. did a great job you, you did, really did. Oh, because thank you. <laughs> yeah when I'm doing that it's very hard to hear through all of that white noise yeah it was that's why I was pressing the yeah. the um, the headphones I'm like yeah. I can, I'm trying to to hear and concentrate and concentrate yeah. and and I I mean I got three I felt I felt three energies like I just felt like the dominating mm-hmm. one the one that's kind of creeping in and this other presence that I thought was associated to the museum I was like oh it's probably like one of the officers mm-hmm. But then afterwards, mm-hmm. you guys told me, oh, it's connected to Misha. I'm like, oh, my God, that's right. Her boyfriend um, passed, and she has mentioned to me through a psychic that he still protects her in certain ways. So that was very interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What other things did you guys capture in your notes? Um, well, I did get um, him saying no. Somebody saying ma'am. Wow. Which I did not feel could be Larry or Emil because I just didn't feel that they would be that respectful. <laughs> so obviously it was somebody else. Maybe it was Gus. Maybe it was an officer. Um, at the end, I got a no and okay, thank you. Whoa. Yeah. So it was, it was, um, and then there was one where I, I thought it went, whew, which could <laughs> have been somebody in the room. Because I mean, it was a lot. Yeah. And just unconsciously did it. You know, I mean, and it could have been some, but it, it, when I get get these EVPs, it's always in the same voice. Always. Interesting. Always in the same voice. It's always, I don't know if it's the recording. Mm-hmm. So I have to interject here. While going over the audio of this interview with Sherry and Gloria in Sherry's house, I picked up an EVP that sounds like it's responding to Sherry's question. I noticed that the voice did not match any of our voices that were present during this interview. So I'm going to replay it a couple of times and you guys tell me what you hear. It's the same. I, I don't know if it's the recording. Mm-hmm. The same. I, I don't know if it's the recording. Mm-hmm. 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 
So after going over and over this audio and this EVP, I sent it to both Sherry and Gloria. Sherry was a little busy and out of town, but Gloria had contacted me with this message. And I actually remembered Sherry mentioning to me in the past about a possible energy in her home, let's just say. But according to Gloria's message, she mentions that Sherry has had some experiences in that house. I'm taking care of her cat while she's out of town, and I often hear tapping. We've wondered if it's her mom, but are kind of reluctant to do an investigation. Really don't want the energy to ramp up, yet we're so curious. It adds an interesting spin to your podcast, though. And EVB, while you're talking to investigators. This rarely happens while we're conducting interviews, and I know that it has happened before while I conducted an interview with Bloody Mary, the voodoo queen of New Orleans. If you go back to that episode, we had collected several EVPs during her interview in her haunted house. And it just goes to show you that when you least expect it, spirit is definitely going to communicate in the way that it wants or make its debut on our podcast, which we're totally here for. Maybe not so much for Bryce, but I'm definitely here for it. Now let's continue with the interview. Or if it's, it's always been a man that we've had. We had one once that we, we got a guy that was, um, had been ill and died. And we asked him if he was, um, I think it was need help now, he said. And, but it was the same voice there as it is on this right now. So I don't know if it's because that's the way the, the recorder sounds mm -hmm. or if it had been a woman, would it be different? To me, it would. I think it would be different if it was a woman. But it just sounds the same to me. But it's still, it's still a different um, uh, time that we went. So I know it's basically from the other night. But I just felt it was... Um, I definitely can hear it, and I want you to hear it too. Yeah, definitely. But it's, um, I don't know. I feel, um, Gus, somebody said, I thought there was something said about how old, and he said 40. Somebody said 40. It was um, Phillips, uh, Larry. Oh. Somebody asked how old he was, and he said 40, and I thought that was weird. Because they were very young. Yes. Um, they were, they were, I think he said that he'd be in his fifties now. Yeah. And I don't, I, I don't, I didn't know the, the ages. It's, it's what one other person said. Well, what also there was a question about, do you know what year it is? Yes. Remember I remember that. That was, uh, and it came out new year uh -huh. and, and Matt said, yeah, but what year is it? And someone said 21. And I'm thinking to myself, if that's true, if this if this person really answered twenty one and is that conscious to know mm -hmm. this is twenty twenty one that shows an amazing level yeah mm -hmm. of awareness yeah it's a twenty we all heard him say it yes twenty one and then I got ninety seven yeah he so, said ninety seven too no now what's what is it now yeah uh -huh. yeah that was amazing yeah that was really interesting it said new year in twenty one. I was like, oh, they. <laughs> I thought like, are were they in their twenties? You know, is mm -hmm. that what? Are they asking them right now, like, how old are you? Kind of mm -hmm. thing. That's what I thought when I said twenty one. Oh, no, you didn't hear. Oh. That's right, you didn't hear that. Yeah, question. I couldn't hear. I'll, I honestly, all I could hear was 
light mumbling yeah. of all I could hear. And um, I thought, well, yeah, 21 sounds right. You know, they were in their 20s, you know, when they, I think they were in their 20s, right, yeah. when they committed yeah. these crimes. Yeah. So, and then Matt's like, dude, we said, like, what year it is, and you said new year, and then you said 21, <laughs> 97. <laughs> I said, it's amazing, Whoa. you know, as, as and it was the same male voice. Yes, and as and as as long as we've been doing this, I I still get just as excited when mm-hmm. I hear this type of thing. I mean, yeah, because it's, it's like, yeah, it it it's pertinent. It made sense because everyone wants affirmation. Yes, that there's something else. Everyone wants that, mm-hmm. you know. So you do get excited when you get some intelligent response, and you're thinking, oh wow, so this is really true. I can really survive. I can come back and talk to Sherry. (laughs) Yes, something I forgot to tell you. (laughs) Why do you think that they're trapped here? That was a question Uh, that was brought up. Why do you think that they were trapped here? Um, I think you even brought this up to Sherry that Larry may have killed someone, but that day they didn't murder anyone. Larry killed himself. Oh, he, when we asked, you know, did you... In fact, Gloria asked. There was a, a bank robbery in 1996 in Woodland Hills that I researched, and the police never really pegged it on them, always thought it was them. And there was a security guard who was killed during the course of that. Oh, my. And that's when I had asked the question during the uh, flashlight session, did you kill the Brink security guard? And the flashlight was an immediate response. Mm-hmm. So if there was a response, did you kill someone, is that what she did during the Estes mm-hmm. session? Yes. And he said yes. It could be connected back to that. And I thought I thought there was another, uh, I think I asked, did you ever kill anybody? And he said, maybe. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and you know, and I thought, well, maybe he thought, maybe he thought um, he didn't know if he killed anybody with, you know, the last act they did. Maybe yes. he didn't. But it seems to me if he's that intelligent and they can, they would know. <laughs> I yeah. Mean, to me, they would. Or... Did they ever have any other gun battles? Obviously, the the Briggs guard, if if that was true, uh, maybe he did, and maybe he didn't. Mm-hmm. So, but I, I just feel, I mean, the when you look at the pictures of these guys and you see the the just the look on his face, and it's like they they look so mean. He does. He just looks mean and hateful. Mm-hmm. And I don't think he would much care yeah. if he did. But he said, yeah, maybe. Maybe I did. Maybe yeah. I didn't. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I, all I know is that I think I'm, I'm glad that I didn't know him. I'm glad that I, he wasn't a, a, a relative of mine. I would, be, I would go to the ends of the earth to make sure people didn't know that, if that was the case for me. Wow. Someone like that. Yeah. Just mean and hateful, and, and this is what he did in his life. This is, this is what he excelled at. Mm-hmm. Didn't do a very good job at the end. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, uh, I mean, to, to take his own life, you know, and, and he was also shot at the same time with uh, by one of the cops, but he did take his own life. Mm-hmm. So, but to find out he took phenobarbital, and you know that's what they did to to calm themselves down, um, which which would answer why they were walking around so calmly. And you know, I mean, if that's what they've done in the past, and they knew it was going to work that way for them, right? But. I, I don't know. It was it was still surreal today when I when I think about you know what they did that day. Mm-hmm. So, but they're proud of it. Oh yeah, they seem it's, like they're pretty. It's their biggest achievement. Yeah, yeah. I so, mean, they have an exhibit mm-hmm. dedicated to it now, yeah, yeah. so they've achieved that. Oh yeah, yeah. Very proud of it. So, and um, I do think they're here 
because they're afraid to move on, which just goes to show what cowards they are mm-hmm. in reality. Absolutely. They're afraid to move on mm-hmm. because they know what's uh, coming. But who was it so. who said, isn't it funny, that they hated the police, they bucked authority, yet here they are stuck in a police station That's for right. the rest of their, their existence. And they, yeah. <laughs> That's where where they ended up yeah. in a police a former police yeah. station, <laughs> yeah, surrounded by police officers, mm-hmm. you know, uh, exhibits and artifacts dedicated to um, the history of LAPD, mm-hmm. which is the irony of the whole matter. Yeah, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. and they only claim that one little section, which is so interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that and that I just feel like they are so proud of that room, and that room is dedicated to them. Oh, absolutely. And it's and what's nice is you can close the door on them mm-hmm. when you go out. But to ha- and then to have that playing over and over every, all night, or when you turn it on, that the recording of the whole thing, the forty-four minutes, yes, that it was, and to have that going when it, people go in, I don't know if it's going all day long or just you know when people come up they can push the button, but it's it's um, it's a neat museum to begin with, and to have that dedicated to them, that's you know their claim to fame. Mm-hmm. That's true. Mm-hmm. Um, is it possible to listen to the EVPs that you collected? Uh, yeah. So we end the interview here as we proceed to listen to the EVPs. I'll interject in a few just so you don't get confused of what you're really hearing. But if you do catch it, then you know what was caught in real time while we were investigating. So let's go through Sherry's and Gloria's EVPs that we collected on February 28th. And you said doing a lot of legs early. Yeah, bro. Jim talk. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's when he talks about steroids. Ask him about steroids. Could you squat 300? Yes or no? Or yes. If you can squat 300, turn one of those on. Amelia, you were 285 pounds. You should be able to squat 300, right? I mean, Gold's Gym. A lot of dudes on roids there. Did you guys take any steroids? Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god, that is clear. Did you guys take any. I mean, Gold's Gym. A lot of dudes on roids there. Did you guys take any steroids? That EVP is quite intelligent because it's responding to Matt's question and it's responding with a no. Now, the second EVP that Gloria and Sherry noticed is a response of a man saying, ma'am. And here it is. I just want to know. It's me touching it. It's me touching it. In the third EVP that we're going to play, Sherry and Gloria believe what they captured was an EVP response saying, okay, thank you. Now our final EVP is quite interesting. And it sounds like 
a moaning or a woman screaming in the background after Matt asks the question in reference to Larry and Emile's getaway car. If you remember in parts one and two, the car is actually parked in the back of the museum. The museum now owns that vehicle and the vehicle is covered in bullet holes. And I found this very, very interesting considering that it wasn't an intelligent response, but it was a very unusual one. So I guess it's all up for your own conclusion. Can you go look at the bullet holes on your car and realize that, wow, it's because of these bullet holes that we're dead. It's because of these bullet holes that we're dead. Ooh, that definitely gives me chills, especially today that it's um, 85 degrees in Los Angeles. But a lot of these interesting responses were intelligent, and that one was definitely very, very eerie. And in conclusion, and we made this point in part two, we really do feel, both me, Sherry, and Gloria, and Matt, and even Misha and the rest of the workers at the Los Angeles Police Museum, that it's definitely haunted, considering the history of the building and what the building also holds, many, many items that have been involved in many cases, many murders, and many unsolved mysteries indeed. And as we mentioned this before, if you're a true crime, history, or even a paranormal nerd, or all of the above actually, the Los Angeles Police Museum is a definite must-see and must-do if you're visiting or even living in Los Angeles. It's definitely one of those places to put on your bucket list. Okay, friends, thank you so much for tuning in to episode 77. Don't worry, we're going to get Bryce back on to more episodes. We just wanted to cover this entire investigation, and you all know that Bryce doesn't do too well with investigations. So <laughs> he does very well sitting in his car with a Starbucks and his in and out so here we are. But a big thank you to Gloria and Sherry once more for sitting down with me and going over EVPs and what they collected from our second investigation at the Los Angeles Police Museum, especially within the North Hollywood Shootout exhibit. Sherry and Gloria are currently working on their social media and blog posts. And if you follow us on Hollywood Paranormal on Instagram and Facebook at Hollywood Paranormal, we'll definitely keep you posted on when everything launches on their end. They're so amazing and we'll definitely be in contact with them for another investigation very soon. Speaking of social media, if you're not following Hollywood Paranormal on Facebook and Instagram and TikTok, then you can find us at Hollywood Paranormal and on Twitter at HWP Podcast. And if you're interested in learning more about Hollyweird Paranormal, then you can head on over to our website, which is hollyweirdparanormal.com. There you can read our bios, definitely catch up with our past seasons and episodes, download our past seasons and episodes, and also browse through our merch store. You can even be a little extra and head on over to our Patreon page, which is www.patreon.com 
forward slash Holly Weird Paranormal for as little as $1 or more per month for one, two, three, four, five, or an entire year, you could be supporting Hollywood Paranormal Podcast. And a little truly does go a long way. We truly do appreciate all our patrons and everyone who's donated really keeps this Hollywood train moving. You'll automatically be inducted to our Saturday Night Ghost Club, which is a private podcast society saturday night ghost club is a podcast specifically catered to our patreon members there i collect actual ghost stories from co-workers passerbys who are willing to share their paranormal experiences and trust me these stories are definitely going to make you sleep with your salt lamp and possibly with a circle of salt around your bed just saying but they're definitely worth it you'll also be gifted in stickers pins and coasters and postcards a little hello from myself and bryce because we truly do appreciate and love all our patrons so thank you guys so much who have donated and speaking of patreon members we do have a couple of shout outs to give a big shout out to Patrick Landon and Dr. Shiloh for their donations and signing up for Patreon. Thank you guys so much for supporting us in our podcast. We truly do appreciate it so, so much. If you have a little more time, please be sure to rate and review our podcast on Apple iTunes. It really does help us out a lot, helps us indie podcasters become a little more visible. And stay tuned for our next episode. We're going to hit you with another listener's tales. We have been receiving quite a few lately, and Bryce and myself feel like it's time to finally go on and share them. Bryce, not so much excited because you all know that uh, he's not too thrilled about sharing these stories, considering that the more we do these episodes, the more crazier and creepier these stories tend to be. But we're here for it. We're here to listen to the fear in Bryce's voice. I'll just postmate him a Starbucks and we'll be fine. All right, friends, take care. Make sure you're staying healthy. But most of all, make sure that you stay Holly weird. Till next time, friends, take care.